Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 let's read it all together it's one simple sentence do not quench the spirit do not quench the spirit amen do not quench the spirit so we're coming to an end of our series called the inside man we the finality of it will be Pentecost Sunday I believe I want everyone to be in attendance in the building on Pentecost Sunday I truly do believe that the fire of God is going to fall. And if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe the filling of the Holy Spirit will take place for you. It takes place for you today. You don't got to wait for next Sunday. If you reach out and get it now, you know, my father said something I think was so powerful. You know, back in the day, people sit in these tarrying services and I'm saying, what you got to tarry for? They only needed to tarry one time, and that was for the the, the, the first infilling uh, when the Spirit came uh, in the book of Acts. We don't got to tarry for it. We just got to ask for it. Amen. Holy Spirit's not trying to withhold himself from you. you just, he asks him to fill you. He'll fill you right then and there. He didn't got to tarry for nothing. I don't got to tarry at the altar. I can just ask him where I am. I can ask him home, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me right now, God, with your wisdom and your, and, 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 and fill me with your infinite knowledge right now. God, to give it to you. People are like, I'm going to tarry at the altar called Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, that's nice and all, but you don't, you really don't have to do that. You can come and ask him right where you are. He ain't trying to withhold himself from you. Amen. He's not trying to withhold himself from you. I think sometimes we get caught up into, and not saying that that was bad, neither, um, but sometimes we get caught up into the uh, church and knees and the, the different traditions where we forget that ladies, that was for that time that Jesus told them to wait for that moment. But now the Holy Spirit is here. He's here. And since he's here, that means I can ask of him. And he will fill me right then and there if you want to be filled. Amen. And it got to be spooky or nothing like that. It ain't nothing mystical. Everyone looking for a feeling or looking for an emotion, sometimes it's not that. But I do tell you, when the Spirit does come upon you, it ain't like you just get, nah, there's a, there's a reverence that comes upon you where sometimes your knees has to bow down to the mighty God that is in your midst. Amen? And so we look for these different things, and that's, that's not the Holy Spirit in some of those cases. You know, not saying that it is and all, but some people you see, they go crazy and then, all of that, you know, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit didn't move upon them. I'm just saying, hey, we got to be careful trying to associate the Spirit of God with those types of expressions. Amen. So today, I want to uh, talk to you from the subject, do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Here, here we go. Let's deal with quench for a second. Uh, in this particular 
in this particular thing, we've been talking about how we are not dualistic, meaning that we are not just body and soul. No, we are a spirit that has a soul that has a body. And because of the fall of humanity, because of the uh, the sin of one man named Adam, all had died, meaning that that spiritual part of man died at the time that Adam uh, disobeyed God. And so that part of you before Christ, before it's regenerated, has died. But because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, now we are made alive. And as we've been talking about every week, your body is how you integrate or how you, uh, your physical body, your physical makeup is how we, uh, uh, how we uh, uh, interact with the world that's around us. That's what we call world consciousness. Your soul, ladies and gentlemen, the part of you that is the medium for both the body and the spirit because one cannot act on uh, another without the medium of the soul. Because it is the soul part of man where your, uh, your personality and, and your free will, that volition of your own free will, is in the part of your soul. Before Adam fell, ladies and gentlemen, the spirit had dominion over your soul and your body. Meaning that your spirit man was able to control and had dominion over the body and the soul that it operated or cooperated with the spirit part of man that was in them. Okay? And so, when, when, when Adam fell, he quenched that which was, or he, he quenched, he put a fire out that was in him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To quench, ladies and gentlemen, means to dampen and to quench. And what Paul was using here in the book of Thessalonians as a metaphor means to put away, put a fire out, to dampen, to, to extinguish, ladies and gentlemen. And so sometimes people don't realize that when you suppress the spirit part of you, you're actually extinguishing the part in you that the spirit is trying to, that the spirit has dominion in, and you're, and you're allowing your body and your soul to have dominion over it instead of it having dominion over you. Hey guys, it's Bowie here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, and I need you to go ahead and download our TCF Church app. Per usual, you can catch our sermons, inspirational messages, and updates. But we have something new, our Community Circle Chats. Feel free to go ahead and start engaging with us in the app in real time. And of course, you can still find it in the Google Play Store and the App Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that a lot of times as believers, we can quench the move of the spirit operating in our spirit so that ultimately your body and your will that, will, that, that resides in your soul will begin to choose, not that it's mechanical, because your will does not go anywhere once you give your life to Christ. Your will doesn't go anywhere. Your flesh does not go anywhere when you give your life to Christ. That's why people say, well, I'm, why am I still struggling? Because it ain't gone nowhere. It's still here. You are still trapped in this body that is falling, that is going back to which it came. The reality is, is that God is not trying to repair your body. He's not trying to repair your, uh, 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 your soul. What he's trying to do is by you being regenerated and by you being born again, what God is trying to do is make a whole new you. 
Your 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and the later verses would also tell you that your body, your soul, and spirit are being saved. It's being sanctified, ladies and gentlemen. And so the reality of the matter is, is that God, it ain't that your free will has gone anywhere. It's just that now your free will is now awakened to the choice of who Christ is and to what he desires for your life. And then now you can make a choice to desire God instead of desiring what you've been desiring that resides in your flesh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now you know that there's another way. There's another better way that you can choose from and that now your free will, if you get sanctified and born again, your free will can now choose God instead of choosing what you would normally choose. See, the thing that you're now dealing with now in your walk with God now is choosing different from what you are accustomed to. You are normally accustomed to dating certain people. You are normally accustomed to doing certain things or having certain behavior mindsets where you'll shut down. You don't want to talk to nobody because that's what you would choose to do. But now that you are in Christ, there's a better way about how I deal with certain struggles, how I deal with uh, uh, with my abandonment issues, how I deal with these particular issues that I face in my life. I now realize that I can deal with it from the perspective of the spirit instead of the perspective of my own soul. I notice I can deal with it from the perspective of how God sees it instead of trying to look at it from the way how the world tells me how I should react to certain things that go wrong in my life. I can now see it from God's point of view. Say, I hear you. So do not quench that part of the spirit that's trying to point you in the way of God. And so sometimes people are extinguishing that's why some people, they start out, and, they, and that's why they, because they, they haven't really given themselves over to God, and that's why they, they can have this zeal to follow God uh, uh, very early, but then the zeal goes out because you've allowed certain things to extinguish that fire. Wow. Come on, come on, come on. You've allowed life to extinguish your fire. That's where I see a lot of believers at right now. They're allowing life to extinguish the fire within. And because they're allowing life to extinguish the fire within, they're quenching their spirit uh, or quenching the spirit part of them and allowing their senses and allowing what they see out of their senses to now influence your soul. And now the soul is doing what it wants to do opposite from God. But now that God has saved your soul, he don't want you to make decisions in your soul realm opposite of him. He wants you to now cooperate with him so that both of you, um, excuse me, so that you can understand what God wants and accomplish that here in the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're quenching the part of us, the best part of us. Let me hear you. I want you to understand this. The spirit part of you is the best part of you. It is the immortal part of you. It is the highest distinctive part of you. When you allow the world and all of these things to quench that, you are quenching the best part of you. Help me help you understand something. You can read all the self-help books you want to read. And there's nothing wrong with that. Wisdom and knowledge is great. But it's fleeting as it compares to the knowledge and wisdom of God. Let me help you understand something. That best life now and all of that stuff cannot be accomplished a part of God. 
The best part of you is the spirit part of you. Because without the spirit part of you, the heart is wicked and no man would know it. You needed to be saved. You and I needed to be saved. You and I needed to be to be redeemed, ladies and gentlemen, because our, our nature from birth is corrupt. Yes, corrupt. And so, so many people are trying to make, think that they're trying to make better of themselves and trying to make better of their corrupt part of them. Wow. You're trying to fix the corrupt part of you. God ain't trying to fix your corrupt part, and you want him to. He's not going to do that. He's come to redeem and give you new life and and, and resurrect that spirit man that had been dead because of the fall of one man. Ladies and gentlemen, don't quench the best part of you. And that's the spirit man where the spirit resides. Here's the thing. Here's what I want people to understand. There's this theological uh, uh, conversation about... uh, Passive obedience and full obedience. In the book that I read concerning that helped me in this series called The Spirit Man by Watchman Nee, and you can go read it in your spare time, he makes this argument about passivity. And, and people have this idea in Christian world sometimes is that, that if I be passive and I follow everything, I'm just going to wait on God to direct me. And I'm going to wait on God to do certain things. I'm not going to speak until God. God is not trying to counteract or work in counter to your free will. He's not trying to work in counter because a lot of times people don't realize that sometimes in your passivity is where you can be uh, deceived. Because he's not asking you to obey him passively. He's asking you to obey him wholeheartedly. He don't want the passive aspect. Whereas though that you allow, you don't mind certain things because you're passive. Okay, I'm now born again, but I don't think that sin is bad or I don't think that is. So I'm going to obey certain things. And so we go about our Christian walk in a passive way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's not calling us to be passive where we just strict down our whole self-will. No, he wants you to wholeheartedly believe out of your own free will and volition. He's not taking your volition away from you. He speaks to the spirit part of you so that your soul and body would agree and come into alignment with what God is saying to the spirit part of you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? What I'm trying to tell us is that when God speaks to the spirit part of you, what, he's, what, he, what, what is happening is, is that when you're redeemed, the, the, that, that your own volition listens to the spirit and then you make a choice concerning it. And not passively do it, but you do it with aggression. You do it with urgency. Because anytime the spirit is speaking to your, to your spirit about a certain matter, I'm trying to tell you, and he's speaking multiple times, and then he's speaking through other people. Don't you realize, ladies and gentlemen, that maybe, just maybe, he's trying to get something through to you? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Just maybe God is trying to get something made clear and then you're, you're not allowing your choices to come alongside of that and you make a different choice. Here's, here we have to understand, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 30 says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Yeah. 
And a lot of times we grieve the Holy Spirit. It's almost like this. You can grieve your parents when you don't make certain choices correctly. Not that they are, are condemning you. It's just like, hey, you're grieving me. You, you, the Holy Spirit has feelings. He has feelings. He feels. He is able to, he's able to feel. If he don't have feelings, he couldn't be a comforter. He wouldn't know how to comfort you. People used to say, oh, he's an it. He ain't no it. He's a noun. He ain't no it. He a person. He's grieved when we do not, when we allow our volition to take us differently from what he's trying to get us to see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's given us a free will. He's given us a free choice. But at the same time, you have to come in agreement with it. And guess what? He's not. Here's the thing about God that you have to understand. And this is what you know is of God and what is not of God. Can I help you understand something? If you want to know if something's of God or not of God, realize if you're, if you're being coerced to do it. What I mean by that is this. When Satan wants to get you to do something, he will, date, he will give you different bribes and coerce you and use other people to draw you into it. How do I know this? Let's look at the ultimate temptation of Jesus. In the, in the wilderness, hey, turn them stones to bread. If you do it, then I'll do this. I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Or let's go to the, the deception in the garden. Hey, he didn't really say that. He, he lying to you. If he, if he do that, then he know you'll be just like him. Coerce, he's coercing you to do something. God, on the other hand, does not coerce. Either you do it or you don't. And he's not going to keep on begging you to do it. What he's going to do is I'm going to offer it to you, and this is what's going to happen. Let's look at this. When Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy, was giving the blessings and the cursing, God makes it very clear. You do this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, then you'll be cursed. You'll die. He makes it very plain with the enemy. It says a lot of loopholes around it. It's a lot of uh, uh, clever words and all of that being said. And when you notice if it's of God and if it's not, it's very clear. It's cut and dry. When the spirit speaks to your spirit, it's cut and dry. But when you know it's temptation, it's the coercion that comes with it. It's this sense of deception that your spirit, your spirit man feels like. You want to know that uneasy feeling is not your flesh and is not your body. It's that spirit man in you if, you. if you're born again, when you're not feeling really comfortable about something and it's not sitting well with you, it's that spirit part of you like, it's, it's, it's making you feel uneasy about it. It's the spirit part of you. It's the spirit part of you telling you, yeah, slow your brakes. Pump your brakes. Don't go, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't do that. Because, again, if you're going to quench the spirit, quenching the spirit is knowing the instinct that God, that the spirit is giving you, giving you the discernment, but you still saying, nah, I still think I'm going to do that. You've now quenched what the spirit was trying to warn you against. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Here's what I want to show you. Number one, we quench the spirit when we are not careful with our intake. What do I mean by that is you have to still be wise about what you intake. 
I'm never one of those pastors that will tell you, you can't listen to suckling music. You can't do this. You can't do that. I'm not one to do that because everybody's different. What may slow you up will not slow the other person up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If secular music don't work for you, then don't listen to it. But if you do listen to other music other than gospel and Christian, because I know I don't listen to strictly Christian and gospel music, I'm still very watchful about what I do listen to. Because with some of these songs that are out here, it's just like a whole sex thing on a track, and I, I, that don't do good for my spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not wholesome. I can't deal with it. It's too much. Back in the day, they used to use metaphors. Now, they ain't leaving nothing to surprise. I mean, they ain't leaving nothing to surprise. I mean, it's out there. No mystery. No mysticism. It's all out here now. I mean, they used to use other metaphors. Now, I ain't going to go and say nothing, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to be careful. My goodness. And you know what it does? It puts you feeling a something type of way. You know certain songs will put you in the mood. Make you go down your little contact. Let's see who I can call. Amen. Y'all act like people don't do it. Please. You got to watch your intake. You got to watch. We can, listen, I like, I, like, I like certain shows. You still got to be careful of them sometimes. Saying you gotta be mindful how much shooting shows you watch. I like action. You know what I'm saying? I love action. You gotta be careful sometimes. You feel yourself a little on the edge because you probably watch too much. I'm a joke on. I'm a joke on Pastor Dom. He loves those crime, uh, NCIS, uh, Law and Order. See, Chicago PD. See, you got to be careful with some of that because sometimes it'll make you very suspicious. Paranoid, I say. I'm just saying it happens. Am I saying to you not to watch it? No, I'm saying we have to be careful of how much we intake because if you don't be careful, because let me tell you something, nowadays with certain shows, you got to be careful what your children intake. You got to be careful what people intake. There's a lot that's going on out here in these streets, ladies and gentlemen, that is having another agenda just trying to come through the video screen. And you have to understand that we don't control the airways. The devil does. He's the prince of the air. People want to realize why this stuff going on your television because the prince of the air is pushing an agenda. Trying to push an agenda where there's multiple, you know, multiple genders and there's this and this, that. You got to be careful of all of that. We can't be confusing our children early. We can't do that. You got to be careful what you intake. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to be careful what you intake on Instagram. You got to be careful what you intake on TikTok. Got to be careful what you intake on Facebook. Why am I saying? Because you start feeling envy and jealous of some people. You was feeling good all day long, but then when you saw this one person boasting about something, you're like, I don't like them no way. They're always trying to be flashy. Just wait until I get up there. Take your whole spirit down sometime. You be trying to figure out you having a good old day, and then you allow some people to ruin your day, ladies and gentlemen, because you then scrolled on your timeline 
and you didn't realize, like, uh. You're right, you're right. And I don't understand why people follow people y'all don't like no way. I don't understand that for the life of me. Just so you can just see, I don't like them anyway. Just look at her hair. Look at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, why you follow him anyway? Why? I never understood that. And the subliminals that you put out there. Come on, somebody. It don't make sense. You got to be careful. Here we go. Here's the Bible. For Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. That means you have to be diligent with one of the most precious things of you. It's your heart. Who is the enemy after? What is the enemy after? Your heart. What is God after? Your heart. Both. What is the spirit man after? The heart of man. What is the flesh after? The heart of man. Why? Because for out of it springs the issues of life. The issues of life all resides in the heart of man. And if you're not keeping it with all diligence, some people are too loose. You loosey-goosey with your heart. You allow, you're not guarding it properly. I'm not telling you to be off-put of the world. I'm not telling you to do that. Though we are not of the world, we're still in it. We're not trying to, God didn't put us, didn't keep us here to, to, to be isolationists. He put us here to impact the world. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're going to impact it, you got to guard your heart. See, you don't understand that you can quench the spirit of God when you're not watching your intake, when you're not guarding your heart, when you're not guarding the senses. Why, why is that part? Why, excuse me. Why is that important? Because here's the, you have to understand something. If you're not guarding your senses, right? Your senses will start to influence your decisions. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, all of those things begin to influence the soul part of you where the free will and your volition reside. And when that is, and when that, ladies and gentlemen, the body can suppress the spirit part of man when you allowed your body to influence your soul and therefore suppressing your spirit. Come on, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Therefore, placing, taking the fire out, dampening the fire of the spirit that's trying to, to, to try to have dominion over your soul and body. When you're not guarding your senses. Why do you think the enemy tries so hard about what you see, what you hear? Why do you think certain news things and news says, that's why you got to be careful watching news and hearing certain things. Because certain things will mess up your spirit. Hearing certain things will mess up your spirit. Hearing certain things, seeing certain things, witnessing certain things. That's why you cannot be, that's why you cannot walk by sight. You have to walk by faith. It is not that you are ignorant, ladies and gentlemen, of what's going on around you. I'm not telling you to be ignorant. I'm not telling you to be cut away from it. What I'm telling you is you have to watch how much of you intake. Watch that person or watch those things. If you constantly watching the news, there's not a lot of positivity. They don't, get, they don't make money off of positivity. They make money off of letting you know that there's bombs going down. They make money letting you know that, hey, we're in a crisis. The dollar didn't drop. All of this stuff, they make money off of it. They make money off of telling you AI is going to take your jobs. They make money off of it. That's not going to help you when you hear that. Oh, Lord, damn. I don't know what to do. Oh, oh my God. 
You start going in the pan. No, I'm trying to tell you. It's real. You have to guard your senses. Say, I hear you. Here we go. When you when we quench, we quench the spirit when we do not work in cooperation with him. Again, you have to understand that God don't work for you. I think people get this twisted. God does not work for you and I. <laughs> I hear this, oh God, he'll work for you. He'll, yeah, he'll have your back. He'll have all of this stuff. That's true, but he don't work for you. I want to make that clean. God is not your genie in the bottle that you rub and then he just does whatever you want. He don't work for you. What God does is give you a business proposition. He says that if you give me your life, then you will find life. The business proposition. How is this a business proposition? Because if I gave my best, then I expect if you give me your life, your best. I want all of you or nothing. This is how I operate. And he gives you the choice to make a cho- uh, to make a decision in your in your in your free will and volition if you are going to choose to cooperate with his plan. That's it. That's how it goes. God does not work for you. God is the author and finisher of your faith. That means that he has a beginning and he has an end to your story. You make the decision on how that beginning and end going to look. People need to realize this. There is no excuse for no one who lives on the face of the earth. What am I about to say? Because I know this is going to rub people the wrong way. I don't care what background you come from. I don't care all of the struggles that you may have had or not had and all of that stuff like that. Let me tell you this and make it very plain. Even if you didn't come from the best of cards, everyone, God still gives everyone a decision to make the best out of what they've been given. And God will bring people alongside of you to make sure that you can see differently. I'm telling you, God is not gonna God is not gonna leave no one behind. People choose to leave themselves behind. Because even though you can take a person and let them see greater, it does not mean that they will cooperate the sword in the see greater in their life. What am I trying to tell you? There are certain friends that we have. There are certain family members that we have that we have to help them understand something that you are not where you are because of me. You are where you are because of you. And though I may show you the way and I have shown you way, you have to make a decision for yourself. People want to take the ball out of their court and always place it on God. And I'm trying to tell you today that God has never put the ball in his court. He's always put it in the court of man. The time when God put the ball in his court is when he got on the cross and died. After that, it's now up to you and your decision if you're going to cooperate with him or not. That's the reality of it. We are his workmanship created in good works before the foundation of the world. 
You need to understand that if you don't walk in cooperation with God and you think that he got something to do for you, you're not going to go nowhere. And you're going to be mad. You're going to blame God. And guess what? You can blame God all you want to. He's still going to be God. I was talking to a gentleman last Sunday who was here. I was talking to a gentleman. I said, I told him one time, I said, I, I was just, you know, encouraging him. I told him, you know, you can come to God with whatever you want to come with him. He's still going to be God. You can say, you can get off your chest what you feel God has done and not done. Guess what? He's still going to be God. <laughs> At the end of the day, God is not concerned. God don't. You can be as open as you want, transparent as you want with God. Guess what? God is not going to change who he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He still is going to say, okay, that's nice. All right, what are you trying to do? Either you cooperate or not. Here we go, Jonah. Listen, I want to bring salvation to Nineveh. You are going to do it. And so here's what people do. They run the opposite direction. And God lets you run. But when he wants something accomplished, he will send things your way. Obstacles will come. This is not him coercing you anyway. I want you to see that. He's not coercing anything. I want to get something to you. If Jonah did not repent, God would have still sent somebody else. He is not going to relent until certain things are done. All right, let me give you another example. Y'all don't, children of Israel, y'all don't want to cooperate with me and go into the promised land? Cool, your generation going to die. Your children going to get it because you despise it. Bye-bye. You don't walk in cooperation? That's what's going to happen. You despising what I want to do for you? Cool. Your children going to have it, and they're going to live in the thing that you despise. Okay, children of Israel, y'all don't want to cooperate with the will and make and let you be a nation that stands out from other nations. Okay, you're gonna go back into slavery. <laughs> God will give you over to what you desire. Because you think that you can exist apart from him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. Listen, at if any moment, if you feel led by the Spirit of God to give, you can text TCF1 to 94000. Again, you can text TCF to 94000. Your generosity transforms the lives of those not only in our community, but those who are around the country. Giving to our outreach partners and being able to do different things in the community will definitely be able to allow us to touch the hearts with your seed. God bless you as you give. And remember, transformation starts here. Another thing, we quench the spirit when we allow others to discourage the fire within. This is what I see a lot. Sometimes you have certain people, why do you do that? Why do you give Jesus? Why, why, why do that? And all of that why, 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 why stuff. And then people trying to let your fire down, let the fire of the spirit extinguish that from you. Some people stop the work of grace because they keep hearing what other people are saying. Oh, you didn't change, but yes, you did. In your heart and mind, you know you changed, but they're still looking at who you were. And sometimes when people don't take you out of that, and sometimes you, you and, and if you don't change sometimes your circle of people, you find yourself getting back in the same habits you've been delivered from. Therefore, quenching the spirit in you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
You cannot allow others to discourage what God is trying to do in your life. Yeah, well, it'll, it, well, you sure about that? I don't care how slow it may be look to you. I don't care. Let me tell you something. Transformation is not fast. Transformation, ladies and gentlemen, is a process. Oh, you love Jesus, but you still cuss. Well, listen, I know I'm a believer, and I know I'm saved. He's sanctifying that part of my mouth. And when you realize, you be saying less and less. When you allow them to sanctify. Then people say, well, I know I'm a believer. I still struggle in my sexuality. Well, God going to sanctify that part of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm saying he has sanctified that which you struggle with. You just got to give it to him. Say, sanctify that in me, Lord. And you have to cooperate with him. <laughs> people say, Pastor, talk to a person one time and they say, Pastor, I'm so, they, you know, they want to talk to you like, like they feel so ashamed. And one of the things that I do with people is make people like feel, <laughs> I don't know what happens. I just kind of put that guard off of them. I'm like, listen, I don't care. Whatever you're going to say is not going to throw me off. Why it's not going to throw me off? Because I've heard a lot of things, saw a lot of things. You'll be surprised at some of the things I've heard, known, and <laughs> some of the stuff you can counsel people do, some of the life's craziest stuff. So you always want to say it. Ain't no shame here, because here's what I know. God is going to sanctify that in you, sanctify, that, sanctify your sexuality. God's going to sanctify your spirituality. God is going to sanctify that body of yours if you come into cooperation with him. I said, most of the time when you're still struggling is because you're not cooperating. You want deliverance? Cooperate. You want to see things get better in your life? Cooperate with God. God don't work for you. You are his child and you work in alignment with what he wants. If you do that, then you'll start seeing changes happening slowly but surely. You'll start thinking less about the same sex and start thinking about something else. Because God is going to sanctify that part in you and make it holy. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? God to make that part. You feeling a little, you feeling a type of way because you're lonely? Let him sanctify that part. You feel like shooting that up, getting high? Smoking that weed that they made legal in July. It's like, <laughs> come on, come on. Let him sanctify that part. You feel a low self-esteem about yourself. You don't got a good identity about it. Let him sanctify. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me let, let me get here to less lands because I I gotta go. Here we go. When we quench the spirit, we neglect what's in us. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. What is in you? Matter of fact, who is in you is the spirit of God. Let me tell you something. What I'm giving you is not new ageism. It's not universalism. It is giving you what the Bible says. God, the hope of glory is in you. He exists in the spirit part of you. And you don't neglect him. Because when you neglect him, you neglect the gift that he put in you. Come on, come on. The Bible says when Jesus ascended, he left captivity captive and he gave gifts. <laughs> There's spiritual gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. 
Your spiritual gift is not, sometimes it's not your natural gift. Sometimes it's, you're just naturally talented in a certain area, but that don't mean that's your spiritual gift. That lesson's coming later on. Amen. Get ready for discipleship class. But, but what I'm trying to tell you, get across to you, is you start neglecting certain things and you're not fanning and stirring up what God has placed in you. Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. This is what Paul told Timothy. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of the hands. Ladies and gentlemen, he's saying when that word stir also can be translated in the Greek mean the fan. That means to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. When you quench it, you are, you are distinguishing the fire within. You are distinguishing the fire of God that wants to burn in your life. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 12, he said, behold, I came to set a fire upon the earth and I pray I wish it was already kindled. Ladies and gentlemen, with the dissension of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Lord came upon the earth. What am I trying to tell you today is that the fire of the Lord wants to consume your very life and that your volition will come into that agreement, that your decision making will come into that alignment. And if you do that, you will not quench what the spirit is doing. Some of you, you got great things that God wants to do in your life, but you keep quenching it with your doubt. You keep quenching it because you think that you're smarter and that your wisdom. The book of Proverbs says human wisdom is nothing. What I'm trying to get across to you, ladies and gentlemen, is this. I don't care how many webinars you look at. I don't care how many seminars you go to. I don't care how many business things you look at. The reality of the matter is this. While all of that is great, don't neglect what God has placed in you. Don't, don't not, uh, do not allow that thing to sit dormant. And not let that fire. Why are you living in this life if you're going to let it sit dormant? Come on. Come on. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your age is, ladies and gentlemen. If the spirit of God is in you and you got breath in your body, you got a lot to live for. And you got a lot to still accomplish here in the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to fan that thing into flame. You got to do, see, this is the part. It's not passivity. It says you fan into flame. God can spark it. God can place his spirit in the fire, but you keep got to fan it up. For example, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you this example. Here, when you're starting a fire, ladies and gentlemen, what do you do? You spark the fire, but what do you do to get that thing to come up? You keep putting wood on the fire. You keep on putting things and adding on there so the fire could burn even more. How do you do that in the Christian faith? This is how you do it, by the reading of the word and your faith being built up. Ladies and gentlemen, you put more wood on the fire. When you keep on, when you are obeying his will and, and your will is coming to agreement with the will of God, you're putting more fire on the flame. Ladies and gentlemen, and when you're doing it and you're active in it, you're starting to see that thing and that thing starting to manifest in your life. See, that's what true manifestation is. The manifestation is not what you do. It's what God has already done. All you're doing is fanning into flame what God has placed on your life. You didn't manifest Jack. <laughs> God did it. 
and all you're doing is fanning into flame what God has already established. You're adding that wood onto the fire. You're letting that thing come on and spring up. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what you do that in the spirit part of you. And then what happens? Your body and your soul comes unto that alignment of your spirit. <laughs> and when you do that, you're not quenching. You're not putting away what God has placed in you. Stay in your feet. The inside, man. You don't quench the spirit of God. Look at somebody say, don't quench the spirit of God. Do not quench the spirit of God. I want you to say this over your life and I want you to start making this like, I will not quench the best part of me. I will not quench the best part of me. And that's the spirit part. <laughs> don't quench the best part of you. I see people quenching it all the time when you get around certain groups because you just you, you don't want to be feeling like you're the spiritual person. Don't quench the best part of you. Because here's what you don't understand. The best part of you is what's going to lead somebody else to who you know. When you put out the light of God, when you turn that light off and you dim it down, you know what you're doing. You're not giving the chance for the people around you to get to know the God you know. You know that's what you're doing, right? When you still think that you can still do certain things and all of that stuff like that, don't you know people watching you? Children watching you, family watching you, people you don't know on social media is watching you. People are watching you. And when you extinguish that fire, you are extinguishing to get there. You are extinguish. Watch me. You are extinguishing the curiosity that they may have that will lead them to God. Are you hearing what I say to you? Don't extinguish the fire of the Lord. I offer you Jesus today. If you don't know who Jesus is, I give you the opportunity to know him today. I give you the opportunity to know that your fire may be started and sparked today in the name of Jesus. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that you'll be saved. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can also rededicate your life back to Christ. That's available for you today as well. In the name of Jesus. If you want to, if you're looking for a church home and you're looking to be a part of something, you can do that as well. For every person that is under the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Those of you watching online and those of you in person, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, I repent of my sin and I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that you died on the cross, that you were buried and that you rose again and that you ascended to the right hand of the Father for me. Lord, today I want to make you the Lord over my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, oh God, I'm tired of running on E and running without you. I want my spirit to be awakened today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we believe that you're saved. And we'll show you the way of salvation. Text that number on the screen. It's offering time in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. 
We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.